Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. At this very time, on Monday, Monday is November 7th, it's the day before the elections, we're going to have the Hour of Candidates right at this time, Monday. Not today, not tomorrow, not Friday, Monday. So don't call now. But if you are running for office, you will get 30 seconds to make your pitch beginning at 5.05 on Monday. Also, coming up in 15 minutes, it's very exciting. It's not the $1.2 billion lottery prize that's up for grabs tonight, but it is a chance from inflation bonus cash. The final keyword of the day will be heard here on KFI at around 520. You have a much better chance of winning our $1,000, and it's not going to cost you anything to enter. So it's very good. This, this is the game to play. We're going to get uh, Nathan Hockman on, uh, the Republican candidate for attorney general in California, and he had a press conference today in the L.A. Hall of Justice uh, out front uh, because there's been over 5,700 fentanyl deaths here in California. And uh, it just seems like, you know, you read about some drug busts and some arrests from time to time, but there doesn't seem to be the big overwhelming effort that uh, needs to happen here because uh, this fentanyl thing is, like, unbelievably out of control. I think over 70,000 deaths in the last year in the United States from fentanyl overdoses. Let's get uh, let's get Nathan Hockman in, running for attorney general. Great, great, great to be on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Your message uh, today at the press conference was what? So the message was this, that fentanyl is going to kill 17 Californians today and every day. And these deaths actually can be preventable, but George Gascon, our LADA, is not treating the fentanyl drug dealers as the fentanyl murderers that they are. That he's not bringing, like other DAs, the fentanyl murder prosecutions. They would make sure that a first-time fentanyl dealer does not become a second-time fentanyl dealer and kill someone with their poison. So he refuses to both bring the murder pro- char- charges and bring even the, the warnings, a warning you would give to a first-time fentanyl dealer that says basically fentanyl is a lethal drug. If you do this crime again, you will be charged for murder. And the most important thing about my race, the California Attorney General's race, is that the California Attorney General has the power to come into Los Angeles and remove George Gascon from any any case, including fentanyl murder prosecutions, if he refuses to do his job. The current Attorney General, Rob Bonta, endorsed 
George Gascon. He's an ally. He's a brother in arms with George Gascon. I support the recall of George Gascon. If I get elected on November 8th, when I take the oath of office on January 3rd, I'm coming into Los Angeles and removing George Gascon from all the fentanyl prosecutions that he refuses to bring true justice to all the, the victims that have suffered from it. This Why is it so hard to get somebody to move on fentanyl prosecutions? There was a bill up in the state legislature along the same lines to go after them like drunk drivers, and it failed. Why, why is it so hard? Well, you're absolutely right. One of the parents that sponsored that bill was called Alexandra's Bill. It a, it's based on this 20-year-old girl, beautiful girl, who, got, who basically ordered a fentanyl pill, or excuse me, a, a counter, what turns out to be a counterfeit Oxycontin pill laced with fentanyl, and unfortunately, by the time uh, she realized what was happening, she was dead. Because two milligrams of fentanyl will kill you in two minutes. Those parents were out in this press conference with me. Parents who had tragically lost sons and daughters because fentanyl is an indiscriminate assassin. It doesn't care about what race you are, what political party, sex, orientation, ethnicity. It does not care. It will kill you in two minutes. It's not about what I tell parents and students is fentanyl is not about getting high. It's extremely addictive. But, it, but its lethal powers are such that fentanyl is about death, so much so that four out of ten of those counterfeit pills like Oxycontin, Xanax, Adderall, Percocet, four out of ten of those pills in the United States and in California have a lethal dose of fentanyl. Four out of ten? Four out of ten. In fact, your odds are worse with fentanyl counterfeit pills than they are with Russian roulette. Russian roulette is one bullet in a six-shooter. This is four out of ten of these pills have a lethal dose of fentanyl and will kill you in two minutes. You know, I, I, you, you've got kids, I know, right? And they've gone oh, through yeah, high school. Got three. Yeah, uh, I, uh, yes. I heard through the grapevine that in high school there's all sorts of uh, pill taking going on, and it's often Adderall or it's Xanax or it's some kind of painkiller. Kids, kids are, are are uptight, nervous, or looking for a high. Um, or, or looking for uh, Adderall to get them through exams. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, and God knows where they're well, buying them. I mean, I mean, this really could be uh, uh, an epidemic of death among among teenagers and other people if it's four out of ten. You're absolutely right. Oh, oh, you're absolutely right. One of the parents that was supporting me today uh, was Dr. Laura Berman and Sam Chapman, and they tragically lost their 16-year-old son who went to a local high school. When he went on Snapchat, was interested, basically got himself one of these pills. It was a, uh, you know, one of the Oxycontin pills. The, the drug dealer literally delivered it to his house. He paid the dealer almost nothing, took the pill, had no idea that it had a lethal dose of fentanyl in it. It looked like a, a, a real Oxycontin tablet. And by the time they woke him up in the morning, he was dead. Absolutely tragic. They've, I have rallied with these parents in front of Snapchat to give parents control over the technology so they can see whether or not their kids are communicating with drug dealers. I've gone up to Sacramento and lobbied for that bill that you talked about to treat fentanyl drug dealers as fentanyl murderers. The current attorney general has stayed absolutely silent on this issue. He sides with the fentanyl drug dealers, those murderers, rather than the victims. And I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with him more. They're obsessed with not passing any bills that will send more people to prison. They just don't want to do that. That's been their, they're holding the line on everything. 
They are. And again, when it comes to certain crimes, again, they want to make their argument on some petty thefts and not sending people to jail for it. We can have that discussion. But when we're talking about a lethal, basically poison in our society that is killing people indiscriminately, exponentially growing. I mean, it's 17 Californians today. It'll be 25 Californians by next year. After that, it'll be 50 Californians every day. That's where I draw the line, that you need to send strong messages that we're going to treat this as murder. You're going to go to jail for a long time. So you deter the first-time fentanyl dealer from becoming the second-time fentanyl dealer and killing someone with their product. I, I saw a photo depicting how much it takes to kill you, how much fentanyl. It was uh, some white grains of powder in a, a test tube or a clear container, and it really was, it looked like a few grains of salt. I, I, I mean, it was oh, yeah. shocking how little it is that could that just stops your heart. Well, what it does is shuts down your whole respiratory system. So you literally have, you, 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 you stop breathing. And unless they get you Narcan within a couple of minutes, which is sort of this miracle drug that's been developed, that now fire departments have, police departments have, even schools have this drug, because the prevalence of fentanyl being spiked into the drug supply, which is not just these counterfeit tablets, but we're talking marijuana has fentanyl spiked into it, cocaine, ecstasy, methamphetamine, because it's incredibly cheap. The drug cartels in Mexico they literally look at these deaths as collateral damage because they're making so much money from this. They're willing to kill Californians, willing to kill 100,000 Americans because they view this as collateral damage for their profits. And we need a strong attorney general like myself coming in and basically saying to the fentanyl dealers, no, you're murderers and you are going to go to jail if you do this, and educating middle schoolers, educating high schoolers and their parents that it's not about getting high anymore. This is actually about dying and death. I want to point this out. Uh, Nathan Hockman, our guest, has been a federal prosecutor, a U.S. assistant attorney general, and a defense attorney. Rob Bonta was appointed by Gavin Newsom. What is Rob Bonta's criminal justice experience, Nathan? Is, is there anything there? Literally, we have a chief law enforcement officer who has no law enforcement experience before he took the job. He was an Oakland politician, an assemblyman. He was an Alameda city councilman and a deputy city attorney from San Francisco. And that's it. That's why 25 DAs and sheriffs across the state, from Shasta County all the way down to San Diego, support my candidacy. And literally zero of them support his. Zero. I mean, imagine that. All the people who, who he is the boss over, none of them support his candidacy. And again, in, in large part, even George Gascon can't be heard to, to, to come out and, and support him, even though Rob Bonta has endorsed George Gascon and refuses to come down to Los Angeles and remove any case that George Gascon has basically failed to do his job on. All right, Nathan, thank you so much for coming on again. We appreciate it. He's on the voter guide. Vote for Nathan Hockman for state attorney general. We appreciate talking to you. Thank you very much. Enjoy being on. All right, in a few more minutes, when we return, the K-word. It's the final one of the day on KFI for your, your chance at some money. Inflation cash bonus. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, we were just talking to a candidate for Attorney General Nathan Hockman. Uh, he would like to replace Rob Bonta, and we certainly recommend that on our voter guide. 
uh, he was making the point about fentanyl poisonings and the lack of prosecutions of fentanyl pill dealers. This is really funny. There's just like no reaction from uh, a- anybody in politics in California to this. Just no reaction. So and there's thousands of Californians dying. A lot of a lot of young kids. Nothing. Nobody cares. Wow. Related to this, a big announcement by CVS and Walgreens that they're going to settle opioid cases by paying out nearly $10 billion. There are thousands of lawsuits over the role of these pharmacies in the nation's opioid crisis. And they were thinking about taking their chances at trial. Because they're kind of like, look, we just filled out prescriptions. How is this our fault? But in August, a federal judge in Ohio ordered CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart to pay $650 million to two Ohio counties. And then the company's lawyer said, "Eh, it's not a good omen if it didn't work Because they blew through every stop sign that any decent person would have respected. How is it our you mean fault? suspicious prescriptions? Oh, my and suspicious God. doctors? Yes. And one guy's filling 50 prescriptions yes, a day. Yes. And- <laughs> lots of pills, lots of prescriptions. I, I mean, you know. The, sure, the same- there's money to be made. Well, that's what it was. Walgreens and CVS. I, I, so I'm curious. How many billions did they make on these bogus prescriptions compared to how yeah, much they have? This may be to- a small payout, right? Yeah. And, and, the lawyers it- may have said this may be worth it. I mean, considering how much we've taken in in drug sales. And is this an insurance company payout? Yeah. I'm telling you, I lost my innocence completely after watching that dope sick uh, miniseries. No, oh, that's right. You did mention oh, that. Oh, my before. God. You know what? There's so many shady doctors out there. There's so many shady pharmaceutical executives, obviously, shady uh, 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 drug uh, uh, pharmacy executives, pharmacy managers, and and the, the pharmacists themselves. They were all in on this because they were all getting kickbacks from the drug companies. They were all getting a cut. And they were all under pressure from their bosses to just keep keep the train moving. They didn't care if anybody died. They, you know, and, and opioids are like the metaverse. They help people escape from life, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. It was like the metaverse. You know something? This is what I'm thinking. We are constantly, I mean, our, our main source all our lives of of how the world works comes through television, right? A lot and, of it, and, yes. and, and now the internet. And what do we constantly get, whether it's it's fictional dramas on television, it's the news, it's all the public service announcements, but just and, and politicians spread this too. And the whole thing is that we all care about one another, right? We've got all these charities, we got these nonprofits, we got celebrities fronting the charities, and the whole thing is we're helping people, we're helping people, give us money, we're helping people. And somewhere along the line, I realized that's a load of crap because most people really don't care what's happening to everybody else. They don't. We're, well, that's we're just, you. We're just some fit. of us do, right, Deborah Mark? She no. cares about other people. Yes, only some people. Limited, yeah. Everybody's yeah. Wow. got a limited list. Down. Yeah. Sorry, Ken. Uh, I know. Look at no, that. I no. care about you and John and Eric and Ray. And oh. don't forget your family. I guess. Well, that that's a given. <laughs> we don't have to go through the whole list of everybody she knows. <laughs> but, but, everybody but my she point really is, cares about. we're taught as children that everybody cares about everyone else, and then. You realize, first of all, I don't care about everyone else. Hmm, is there something wrong with me? And then you realize, no, there's nothing wrong with me. Nobody else cares about everyone else either. 
Well, you can't. You can't, you can't. spend your life okay. worrying about the world's but, problems and everything in it. But everybody still sells you on this and then shames you if you admit the truth. You're admitting your truth and you're also admitting their truth, except they won't admit it, is that, no, I don't care about everybody and you don't care about everybody. And like, for example, the fentanyl story or this, uh, or this uh, opioid prescription story is a perfect example. There were well, thousands and thousands and thousands of people who knew what was going on and nobody cared. Here's my other question. Just like the homeless industrial complex, what are they going to do with all this money? It's going to the states and I guess some tribes. Are they just going to set up a drug industrial complex? Oh, yeah, we're going to set up all these treatment programs. And then because San Francisco is going to trial on Monday. This is separate from this announcement. And it is about Walgreens. They want Walgreens to pay $8.1 billion over 15 years because of the opioid epidemic. And if you look at San Francisco, there's probably no other place where that isn't more, more evident, along with all the other drugs that are in play there. Mm. And I'm like, all right, they get $8.1 billion. We want to use it to abate the problem. What are you really going to do? Because right now you tolerate open well, drug use all over the city. The Tenderloin is overrun with right. drug use. You set up a, 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 an open-air drug circus in the Tenderloin. Right. Paid by taxpayers. So you're just going to get more funding for idiotic ideas like that. So they'll set up some bureaucratic mass and they'll pay people nice salaries you know, and the it, drug problem will continue. It's not going to go for any good. All it does is, I don't know, punishes the insurance companies that insure CVS and Walgreens. I guess that's where it's coming from, right? This is all This is all hogwash. That's all it is. It's hogwash. You know, the, the prosecutors look good. The judges look good. The executives, oh, this is terrible. It's like, yeah, you're going to get paid off, right? And you're, you're going to get your multi-million dollar contract, stock options, and yeah. Golden parachutes to stop. None of you care. All right. When we come back, speaking of the homeless industrial crisis or the homeless industrial complex, uh, a couple of things. Newsom has handed out a lot of money statewide to clean out homeless encampments. We'll tell you what really happened with that. And also, the city of Oakland has suddenly decided after an audit that uh, well, our homeless programs aren't working too well. Most people just end up homeless again. We'll talk about it. John and Ken, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah. I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. And a reminder that the Moist Line will be back in two days. We'd love to hear your comments, but you have to leave them either through the iHeartRadio app using the microphone icon or call that toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. From time to time, we like to take a closer look at what we have called for years now the homeless industrial complex. Obviously, the term was coined from the military industrial complex, a well-known term used for decades describing the U.S. military. But this is about all the money that is spent on homelessness and the problem gets worse. Everybody has the same question. John, it's a little bit about the lottery in the schools, right? What happened? I thought well, the governor always talks about well, uh, billions of dollars spent on homelessness. How come it's worse everywhere I look? Well, the people on the inside know why it 
the money's wasted, and they just keep wasting it because they profit off it. It's, it's yeah, not usually a secret. it just builds a bureaucracy. It, it, it is a job maker for certain people to work for these nonprofits who get this grant money from the state. And, uh, you know, they shuffle paper around and uh, they send out an occasional person to talk to the vagrants. But uh, the problem from that end is intractable. The, it is. You're not going to solve it the, by the methods we have tried now for years. There, there's there's uh, several huge issues that they don't even try to fix. First of all, much of the homeless in California comes from out of state. So there's no homes waiting for these people. And they don't want to go into housing, many of them. And it is very difficult, extremely difficult to build new housing because of all the regulations right. uh, against development you you can't just do it it it's government's own regulations that keeps them from building housing they still spend the money on all the employees and all the programs hate that word but there's no there's no outcome here it's yeah it's, there was it, an in-depth story by cal matters that when newsom became governor he said we're going to build three and a half million new homes now you know four years later well, that was an aspirational goal. Our new goal is two and a half million homes, but they're not close to either number for the reasons John laid out. There's so many restrictions, so much red tape, and there's opposition, obviously, to uh, building large developments in communities that feel like we're, we're full up. They, but when it comes to spending on homelessness, uh, Newsom had also promised that they were going to spend all this money to clean up the state's homeless encampments, $50 million plus. Newsom also announced $48 million in encampment, encampment resolution grants, whatever the hell that means. But this story is really summed up by one example. They're trying to get rid of a uh, homeless camp in Oakland called Ramondi Park, and they have cleared most of it out. But one of the residents, Jazz Colibri, says, we're not moving. The tiny homes they put up for us in other parts of the city, they aren't humane. They lack flush toilets and regular access to showers. They require us to bunk with a roommate. We're prepared to stand our ground. We've created a community and a safe space for ourselves and other unhoused folks around the city have a place where it's okay to be. We're not going to give that up unless real long-term solutions are given. Now, what does she mean by that? We've talked about this before. This is the twist in the homeless problem in the last year or two. They want really upscale permanent houses and apartments built for them. They don't want congregate living. They don't want, stop sending us stories about tiny homes and quick little shelters you can build. They don't, they're refusing that. You, you, see, you see what happened? They started building some tiny homes and uh, group shelters. No and good. We called, their, we called their bluff. What they really want is their own apartments for, you know, Five seven hundred thousand dollars a pop. Yeah, those ones in Koreatown and, that were built at yeah. a cost of over six hundred thousand dollars each they, that they, the city controller was talking about. That's what they want, at least at a minimum. Well, see, and and the first man or woman in office who says, "You're dreaming. You're not getting that. If you don't Take like a it, hike. you right. got to get out of here. If you don't get out of here, we're going to arrest you and drive you out of here." Ultimately, I don't know if it's going to happen in our lifetimes. But the person who solves the issue is going to lay it out that bluntly because that's the only way to fix it. The only way to fix it is to say, take this. We'll give you temporary housing. 
will give you treatment or help or whatever your your screwed up problem is. <laughs> if you don't take it, you're gone. If you're not gone, you're arrested and we'll make you gone. And it, there's no better idea than that. All the rest of this is this people performing theatrically. There's a story that in Oakland, they did an audit of a program where they spent $669 million on a homeless service providing over three years to try to place unhoused residents into permanent housing. They found that more than 50% of the folks were homeless again within two years. Yeah. Just yeah, I- wasted money. Yeah, and and I remember one of the few times that somebody among the, uh, the kiss asses in the news media confronted Newsom about a lot of these people don't want to be forced into homes, and he refused to accept that. He, he in fact, he said something like that. I, I just, I just don't accept that. I just don't he believe did. that. You know, and and. And his line was, you just keep going at them. You keep coming back to them and coming no. back to them and offering them something. Well, They'll eventually take it. Well, no. They they took it, and then they said, uh, we don't like this, and they left. They don't like it. No. Because they're crazy. You you, you can't reason with crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, why is that so hard to accept? Why don't people want to accept that these people are, many of them are out of their minds? There's no <laughs> rational thought here. None. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken show KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Oh, how to play acting going on. Not much longer. I was reminded when we were talking the last segment about the homeless industrial complex spending and how this problem is really uh, just not going to be moved on from until some real enforcement action is taken. That movie that won the Academy Award, it was based on a book, Nomadland. Did you ever see that? No. Francis McDormand. Uh, her husband dies, and she suffers some sort of a mental lapse, and she ends up living out of her van. And the, the movie got attention because say, she was one of those uh, holiday workers at Amazon. Remember that whole thing? And yeah, yeah. Some felt that those people were exploited. But near the end of the movie, her son offers her, or her a home, and she wouldn't go. She just became attached to living in the van. It's like a mental uh, takeover of her brain. Just yeah. That, that she wanted to continue that lifestyle. and. That's what we're facing now because, as I said, they've amped up the demands. I don't want a tent. I don't want a shelter. I don't even want a hotel room. No, there's this this bias that everybody wants luxury and comfort, but human beings are quite adaptable. You know, we started out in the caves, and probably all the people in the caves were happy at the time. It's all they knew. But uh, if if she's happy with her isolation and with her independence and not having to answer anybody— I, see, that part is, like, not our business, not my business. It's that when they're in public and, and fouling the environment around us and creating all kinds of dangers when some of them go crazy. that That's the issue. But, and that's, you know, it's like those movies where they take the guy out of the wild and he has trouble adapting to civilized life. It's the same thing with people that live in these crazy encampments. Well, you know, I don't the, the, transition them. There is no, there, they, everyone has these magical words. It's like, well, you, you transition them. Well, you, you treat them. Well, you know, you, there's nothing you can do with them. Their brain broke. You don't know what's going. I mean, there's billions and billions of cells and connections in your brain. There, there's a couple of dozen different compartments in your brain. If if one of them suffers some kind of injury, or there's a, there's too many drugs, something organic, something begins to rot inside, too much trauma, too, too much trauma actually changes the, the the chemical structure of your brain. 
It changes the environment inside there. And often there's no going back. There's nothing you can do. There's no program for that. There's no fixing it. All right, from the category of when animals attack, we have an odd one. Something about this story just got my attention today. A woman in the state of Washington, she lives in a town called Hansville. She was walking alone in the woods recently when out of nowhere, she got hit in the back of the head. She says it felt like being punched by someone that was wearing rings. You know what attacked her? You never would have guessed this. An owl. An owl? Yeah. Do you see the picture, too? They are beautiful. Yeah. A white barrel owl. Oh, I owl. love owls. A white barred owl. I yeah, could look at owls all day. And because they have those big eyes. Uh, she said it was unprompted. She was just walking along. And she got home, and she noticed a bloody cut. So she had to go to the doctor, get a tetanus shot, just because the owl could have uh, bacteria on its claws. Oh, so she got clawed in the face. So she tried to avoid the owl's territory. She was out walking a week later on her own driveway, closer to a home, and the owl got and hit her again. <laughs> it's got it in for her. <laughs> this time it left behind five or six deeper cuts, and she was far bloodier. <laughs> she couldn't figure this out. There's does, a picture of the owl. It's hysterical, not just sitting there in the tree, just staring. Does he not like her perfume, or...? I don't know. I got attacked by like a, what are they, crows? One day, it just would, it grabbed onto my hair and it wouldn't let go. Really? Where? Oh, yeah. And then I, I, I waved it off and I ran and it came after me and jumped on me again. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> no, I remember this story because the guy running the other way said to me, what's going on there? I said, I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, they're saying it's mostly due to territory, that like, they are very protective of a territory. Maybe that crow had eggs or something nearby right. or something that was desperately trying to protect and thought I was some sort of intruder. Like that Birds movie? It was a lot like the Birds <laughs> movie, yeah. It did not cut me, but it grabbed sort of towards my hair and sort of pulled on it. Yeah, I, I, I paid him to do that. You, <laughs> you know, we, we had an owl uh, on the uh, railing. We have, we have a like a little deck that yeah. leads out of our bedroom. And uh -huh. you open the door, you could sit out on the deck. And there was an owl one morning staring at us through the window like some creepy oh. stalker. Wow. <laughs> he, he was there for quite a while. He was a big guy, too. I think they're nocturnal, too. Don't they kind of sit there at night? Yeah, it just, was uh... really early in the morning. It was just past sunrise. Oh, they are they are really one of the coolest creatures just to look yeah. at. Yeah. Uh, Open my eyes and there's somebody looking back at me. I didn't know this too. There was a woman who was killed, Kathleen Peterson. Now I remember Scott Peterson and Drew Peterson. Do you remember Michael Peterson? <laughs> how many how many guys with the last name Peterson kill their wives? Mm. Because there was a documentary called The Staircase about the death of Kathleen Peterson. Her husband, Michael, was convicted of murdering her, but he suggested that she was mortally wounded in an owl attack. <laughs> I guess the jury didn't buy it. That's a true story? Well, that was, the true story is, yes, he claimed that, but the jury <laughs> no, didn't I buy know, it. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's it's a, a documentary called The Staircase, oh. if you want to <laughs> look it up. And I did a double take because I'm like, wait a minute. It's not Drew Peterson. It's not Scott Peterson. Michael Peterson also killed his Another, another a whack job, Peterson. Really weird. Wow. Uh, Tim Conway's here. Hey now, oh, hey now. It's about time. Come on, let's fly around here. Let's not mess around. Uh, stocks are off because the interest rate hike. That sucks for people who have stock. And also, uh, uh, the Powerball tonight, $1.2 billion. And that's going to be um, 
all mine if I Why win. Why don't you take four hours of calls as to how people yes, are going to spend the money? that's right, Ken. You're the best. I'm going to steal that idea. It's a great yours. programming idea. Uh, Laguna Beach, uh, uh, they're, they're uh, raising the minimum wage for hotel workers to 18 bucks an hour. That's more than they pay board ops here. You want to clean people's dirty sheets, though, and I don't know. I don't know. I think I would be pretty. I think I'd be pretty good at that, right? (laughs) Just put on headphones and go at it. (laughs) The hell. You've never seen hotel dirty sheets, too. Yeah, Yeah, right. But you know what? When I stay at a hotel, I almost work there. You know, I make sure everything's straightened out. I make sure the towels are all in one place. The garbage I take out. Do you really? I take I take the garbage out. I go. The garbage goes with me. You go out where? Whenever I leave the hotel, I take a bag of garbage with me. I don't want her to have to or him have to do that. You know. So no, I, wow. I try to clean never up. heard that before. Yeah. I try to clean up on the way out of the room, but I don't take the garbage. I take with the garbage with me. I, it's an obsession. But I will say in Vegas, you're, you're pretty nuts. I, I know, think, it's crazy. closed doors. But in <laughs> Vegas, I if I win downstairs, the housekeeper wins. Oh, yes. But if I lose, she goes down with the ship. She oh yeah, nothing stiff. for oh her. yeah, four yeah, days yeah. and she it's gets nothing, nothing on the pillow. She gets uh, nothing. Ten percent is zero. I like no. to leave. Uh, what do you leave, Ken, uh, on a on a day? If you're at a hotel for two days, you leave twenty bucks. Yeah, that's probably close. Yeah, yeah. Ten dollars a day, maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's about right. Ten bucks a day. Yeah, no, I never leave anything. Is that right? Are you <laughs> I didn't know. No, really, I didn't know. <laughs> Why do you think that pen know. and that piece of and that piece of paper is there? Uh, Housekeeping. Thank you. Yeah, they sometimes leave a little. Your room has been cleaned by. I don't know. Take notes if I that's get an right, important man. phone call. Do you, I, uh, Ken, do you leave a note? No, I don't leave a note. No. I, I write a note out. You do? I do. Yeah. Oh. Your housekeeping. Thank you. That's beautiful job. (laughs) I do. Look at you. Well, they have a piece of paper. They have a pad of paper and a pen Uh in there for that reason. I I I thought thought that's in case you think of like ideas for your show. Well, that's sailed. That's over. That's over. <laughs> there are no ideas. Yeah, I'd write down ding dong five times. Yeah, we've heard it. Uh, I, I, I ding dong five times, then Nori, right? Then that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's the Caruso. night. You having Caruso on tonight again? <laughs> yeah, Caruso. Yeah, yeah Caruso's on. Yeah, he's again. on again tonight. All right. Conway Day till he wins. Uh, Caruso's got the news. KFI, KOST, Los Angeles, Orange County, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.